0: Hi, and welcome to episode 143 of No Crying in Baseball, the Smelling a Pizza episode. My name's Patty.
1: I'm here with my friend, Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I would love to smell a pizza. That would go really well with this beer that I'm drinking right now. I have a hazy IPA coming from Silver Branch Brewery. It's a new one, and I totally forget the name. It's a New England IPA. It's very tasty. (laughs) Highly recommend it.
0: Well, I see you that, and I raise you a Denison's Brewing Company, Georgia Avenue Sour. I have a peach sour. Mm. It's like getting my servings of fruit today with my adult beverage.
1: That makes a lot of – maybe I should get one of those for breakfast then. There you go. It it would be a very good breakfast beer. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, you know what? A couple weeks ago when we had Betsy here – and she mentioned those agnite jerseys. So we had the Betsy pig Hoth jerseys, here. the pig jerseys, <gasps> Betsy yes. Hoff from the Pulaski Yankees go back two weeks and listen to that episode because it was fantastic. We adore Betsy. And she promised that some of their merch that they were going to sell and are not having a season would be showing up in their store. And right away after we got all excited about the pig jerseys, it's there. So you can go to the Pulaski Yankees website and get, and it looks a lot like Wilbur. Have you seen it?
0: I have. I have. And I think we made those pigs happen when, when they did. I think we, we were we inspired. <laughs> we inspired Betsy's pig jerseys into greatness or at least immediacy. We made the pigs happen. That's a pretty good byline. I think. Yeah. That's oh, a- and just so you know, going in, if you go look for these pigs, they are actually they were meant to be sold as game worn jerseys. So they have specific player numbers on them. And there's just the team jerseys. They're not like you can buy a small, you can buy a medium. You have to pick your number and it says what size that is.
1: That's so cool. So but but they didn't have a roster, so you're not sure. It doesn't really connect with a person, right? It's just you're a player. You can pick your position. That's they it. have other cool stuff too, though. They have um Pride Night stuff, and that is on really good price. Ten bucks for a really snazzy Pulaski Yankees Pride rainbow t-shirt or hat. Excellent
0: for all your shopping needs. On today's show, we're gonna focus on a lot of preventable mayhem regarding. COVID testing, canceled and delayed practices, holes in the bio bubbles. We've got some good role models, and we've got Cowboy Joe West. We have a whole bunch of fun facts for you. And as always, we have international baseball. So let's start with the testing mayhem. Should I change
1: my shirt? You, You got those preventable mayhem shirts. Should I go get that
0: on? I do. You can if you want. And actually, I'm not wearing mine because I have, I forgot to mention, I have the t-shirt that my kid got me for my birthday two months ago, but the shirt finally arrived two days ago. It's the Unionize the Miners t-shirt. And I'm very excited to have it. And it doesn't fit anything we're talking about today, but I'm wearing it anyway.
1: Spirit is good. Spirit is
0: good. So last week, we shared that MLB announced it's statistics for the intake testing, and then we noted that they were incomplete, even though MLB did not represent them that way. A full week later, they finally completed all of the intake COVID testing for players and Tier One staff. And the intake testing—that's the level that the players and staff needed to pass in order to even go into the training facilities. Right? You do not pass go unless you unless you test negative for COVID nineteen. You know, be, you cannot set foot in the ballpark. So finally, they completed all the tests. They had 66 positive tests out of 3,748, which is a 1.8% positivity rate, which is pretty good compared to a lot of things. Um, 56 of those were players, and there were positive tests on 27 different teams as of the intake. Last week said, oh, 19 teams had a positive test. That's because they hadn't tested the other ones yet.
1: 27 out of 30. Do you know who the three lucky teams are? That's well, crazy. There are, there are fewer lucky teams now because since
0: then, there's been another round of tests or actually a couple rounds of tests because once you are approved to start training as a player or a tier one staff member, members, tier one staff or any, anybody in a uniform, the coaches, the trainers, you know, managers, all those folks that are like hands-on with players are supposed to get tested every two days. So there have been... 7,401 monitor tests, you know, this is like the regular every two-day tests. 17 of those were positive. These were these were people that passed in order to get in. They had negative tests in order to get in the door. And since then, 17 of them, 13 of them are players, tested positive. And now that's 28 out of 30 teams oh. have had a positive test. And no, I don't know who the, the other teams are that have, have so far escaped um, again, the names of the players who test positive, and I think even the teams, like team information stays private unless those players want to announce it. or I think the teams can can choose to announce publicly, which was another problem that we talked about last week because players wanted to know. they wanted to, more transparency and they weren't necessarily getting it. So that's where we are now. So um, 17 positive out of those the second round of testing on top of the 66 positive for the intake testing.
1: So I don't know where Aroldis Chapman falls in, but he's a big name who recently tested positive for the Yankees and has mild symptoms, which is a whole nother layer. So a lot of these people who tested positive are asymptomatic, which means they don't feel sick, but they are definitely you know, contagious and can, and can spread it around. And in John Becker's spreadsheet that I saw, he had only logged 45 of the tests. But he had shown that 40% were symptomatic, which I was actually surprised about, because it seems like I've been hearing more either about asymptomatic or not a big deal. It seems like it's really being downplayed. But Chapman does have symptoms, and it seems like a lot of other players also have symptoms. I think you know Freddie Freeman, who we talked about last week, is the most severe case that I've heard of. But that seems like a big percentage. I'm wondering if that holds true with all of the tests that you just mentioned.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious to see. They did not mention that in anything that I read. There are problems, problems with the intake testing.
1: But they could have avoided probably a bunch of this had they tested some of these players before they left the Dominican Republic. There was an article in The Post this week that talked about how they did not test the players before they got on the flight, and they didn't give the number. I don't know if you've seen any other sources, but the, the Post article just said multiple positives from yeah, that group yeah. of players from the Dominican Republic.
0: And the flights that we're talking about, MLB chartered private flights to yeah. bring players from you know any team, any MLB team from the Dominican Republic together in a flight or two to the United States. And these were the guys that didn't have testing done before.
1: Yeah, and we're talking over 100 players. I'm not sure. I had this 160 number Um but I think that's a little bit high. I know it's definitely over 100 that came from the Dominican Republic and they were not symptomatic. And so they, they did say they took some measures. They had to take their temperature, which we know means squat. And they did a questionnaire, which I also think pretty much means squat. And they uh, called the players the night before and told them to take their pre- temperatures. Again, probably <laughs> squat. Honor system again. Yeah. So the MLP spokesperson, their cop out for this was that the tests are harder to come by in the DR, which is true, and that it you can't ship saliva due to governmental restrictions. So that's something that I find kind of fascinating because it's the saliva that's literally in these people's mouths that are getting on the plane and flying. Like, why couldn't they I don't get it. I don't know. If it's if it's part it's,
0: of if it's in your body, it's okay. If it's in a vial, it's not.
1: Right, right. It's wow. kind of like it's kind of like bringing hummus through TSA. Have you ever done this? So we tried to bring hummus. <laughs> <No. through> t- <laughs> <laughs> we tried to bring hummus through TSA in the airport once, and it was in a container, and they said no, it's a liquid, and we're like, what? It's a container of hummus, and so we went over to the side and spread it on the bread, and then we we're allowed to bring it through. So because it had been spread on the bread, it was suddenly OK. But you changed from liquid to a solid somehow or something, something. like that. Something like that. So it must be the same kind of logic with the spit. I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty much a cop out. We're talking about MLB here. They're, they're doing, you know jumping over hoops to be able to get all this testing done here. This especially did affect you know, our, our hometown favorite nationals because Juan Soto, who I believe, I, I saw kind of conflicting reports on him, but I believe he's negative, but they all isolated anyway, out of caution, which is the thing to do, right? So it said that there were six Nats and three maybe were negative, maybe more, but they were all isolating out of caution. The other
0: problem with testing, other than it's not happening in some cases, is the test may happen, but it may not be getting processed. We talked about this last week, that they weren't getting the turnaround on test results. In some cases, the the tests weren't even being sent to the Utah lab necessarily. So that resulted, in addition to the delays we mentioned on last week's show, on July 7th, the Cards and the Cubs both delayed their practices because they were still waiting for tests. And since then on the 11th, this one I think is especially interesting. The Astros canceled a practice because one member, I I think it was a staff person, not a player, had contact with somebody on the outside world that was positive. So they did the right thing and shut the whole thing down until everybody can be you know, checked and everybody comes back negative again and they could do a cleaning. Um, in the meantime, I think they, they could use their their backup facility, right? Their taxi squad, you know, their, their alternate site for training while the other one is getting cleaned up, but the player still had to go get their equipment and all of that. So this is one of those bubble issues where you can be testing people, you can require distancing and masks and all of these things and cleaning inside your facility, but this is somebody who was, at home, away from the facility and was in contact knowingly or not, we don't know, with somebody else who has then tested positive. So you don't know how often that happens. And then you run into if people are only getting tested every other day, that's a lot of time they're spending around their teammates or their the staff possibly spreading the virus.
1: Hence the popping of the bubble. And hence the ex- example from the Royals, right, with uh, yes. Cam Gallagher, which is their third catcher who tested positive and he tested positive after participating in an intersquad practice. And he was asymptomatic and apparently was very upset about this, but that's kind of weird that all three catchers at this point are positive. And so, yeah, the, the tax, taxi squad is moving in. And, and our friend uh, Roy from fires on the farm did some hypothesizing about the cleanliness of the catcher gear. <laughs> so I don't know. It sounds, sounds plausible.
0: Or it could be that the catchers probably have the closest contact with everybody else because anybody who comes to bat is, you know, a foot and a half away huh. from the catcher. So they are in the contact or in proximity with everybody. And I think that might be, might be the only position other than an umpire who may be in that close proximity with absolutely everybody on the team. So it could be any any of those things for sure. But yeah, there goes your That's bubble, right? Yep. There are also some club issues. Different clubs are treating their, um, their protocols differently. They are, um, we talked about last week, the Angels just made a, made a practice optional instead of canceling it when they had a testing delay, as opposed to the other teams who actually canceled it. So Matt Chapman, my, my A's boyfriend, was really quite vocal about the A's. Remember, they were the ones whose tests were sitting at the San Francisco airport for the whole holiday weekend for the 4th of oh, July. God. They never got sick, right? Yeah. So, so Chapman, this would be the good Chapman, because he talked about the other Chapman earlier. This is good Chapman. Yes. So he's, he actually puts part of the blame on the, on the Oakland A's, not... MLB as this big blob out there, or on um, like the testing facility, because he feels like they started late, they started everything late, they started their intake testing late, they started their initial practices late, and he thinks that the A's could have been more on top of that. Um, so he's kind of spreading mm-hmm. some blame around, and he's one of those guys who just wants to play, and he gets why all of this is important, but he also just wants it to work, and he wants everybody to step up. So it works the way it should, and it would be great if the clubs, maybe it's a microcosm again. You know how all the governors are, are have their own own policies. Right. You know because like they we ha- don't have
1: any federal vision,
0: right? I mean, so they got this 110-page document, but they're all interpreting it a little bit different. And we've certainly found a lot of the holes, right?
1: Yeah, and that makes sense for somebody who's super invested to want people to fucking do it right. So, like, I'm putting my all into this. You said you were going to fill these 100. 10 whatever pages of, of yep. rules like you got to you got to do your part turns out
0: there may be problems with the tests themselves the mlb is using saliva tests spit tests as opposed to the nasal swab tests and one of the reasons well the reason is actually a pretty good reason which is if you're just spitting into a vial you don't need additional equipment you're not taking other supplies out of the supply stream that's being used by public health agencies around the country, you need a swab in order to do a swab test, right? If, if MLB doesn't do that kind of test, those swabs are still available for the general population, which is good. I would
1: think it would also be harder to do a swab test than a spit test, at least to administer it, because it's got to go way the fuck up your nose. So the spit, you're just spitting you're, in a thing. You're just spitting. You're just yeah. They, they know how to do that. And baseball players know how to spit. Like, that's not a problem. But they're not allowed
0: to spit. So they're they have, this, is the, this is the only time spitting is sanctioned. This must be an exciting
1: moment then. <laughs> save, save all your spit for every other save day. <laughs> right. That sounds like it should be a slogan. Like they should uh, have signs up, save your spit for the test.
0: I learned two things interesting about the saliva test. One is it's not yet FDA approved. It's actually going huh. through the procedure, but it's not actually approved yet. And also get this, they don't test the saliva samples individually. They pool them. They combine spit.
1: What? They combine is, spit into small get groups. Not at all.
0: And if there's any positive out of those that in that group, if it, if if there's a positive test, if that pool the, tests positive pool of spit level. Then they break it down and test the individual ones. But I think that helps them process things more quickly. It's like, okay, we put these 10 goobers into, you know, a beaker and <laughs> and it's negative, that's one test instead of 10 that you're doing, right? But if you put the 10 goobers in and you get a positive, then you have to separate those, you know, then you have to do the 10 individual tests to figure out who it is.
1: So did they split the individual spit before mixing it then so that they have some backup spit to test? Yeah, they're not
0: spitting into a spittoon to begin with. They're spitting (laughs) into individual vials. So So they
1: pour a little bit of the vial with other people's stuff, but save a little bit just in case. I think those are exactly the technical terms we're looking for. Yeah, I don't want that job. I know that is not a job I would want. But so get this. So Joey Gallo, your boyfriend,
0: your boyfriend right from the Rangers. From the Rangers tested positive with Yes, I was the, upset. Yes, with but he and he was one of the asymptomatic guys, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't believe it. So he this was the, the saliva test. So he went to a private clinic because he has means and he gets to do that, which I love. I mean, so so a lot of things we talk about, the rules are different for the guys who have means versus the guys who are just starting out. Right. So he gets to he goes to a private clinic and t- twice does the nasal swab test and twice that comes back negative in the same time frame like this was in response to his positive test because he really didn't think that he couldn't have tested positive so the two different tests presented two different kinds of results i think you know he still had to um stay follow the protocols for the positive test because that was the official test you know which is why to positive but he just as a check tried that it's like huh all of these tests right now are being processed at this Utah lab that belongs to MLB used for like PED testing and everything. And they have to do 14,000 tests a week there. Holy so they have actually contracted with a second lab at Rutgers to help offload some of this. So I think that's just getting started. They all say, like the the, the people from the lab and everything say that the delay was Completely a shipping issue. It wasn't anything else. So they claim to be working around the clock, 24 7 24/7 from now until the end of the season. Time will tell.
1: I'm wondering how much spit that is. So now that you've talked about like mixing spit and separating spit, I'm thinking like that many <laughs> tests. Like if you put a milliliter amount per test and then add it all together and find out how much spit is being gathered from MLB players, it's just kind of fascinating. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It is just you. Yeah. But now, no, now I can't get that image
0: out of my head. Maybe it's not just you. Now, thanks for that.
1: Well, if you want to see someone spitting in action, go to Colin McHugh's Twitter because I, I adore him. He has a wonderful podcast, 12 Six, that we've talked about before. And I just find him to be very insightful and he's been very out there with his feelings and his experience, and he wants us to see what it's about. So he shows us what does it look like to spit. So if you want to see Colin McHugh spitting. What is he trying to show us with the spit? Like how far it travels? Uh, no, no, no. Just the process that they have to go through. Like it's not traveling far. He's holding the test tube and spitting in it oh, for us. Oh, so so he's- just sort of showing us what they have to spit into, what it's like.
0: I thought he was demonstrating the spitting they're not allowed to do on the field. Like I've seen that
1: the hackabloogies. It's different. I mean, so what? (laughs) We've seen plenty of that. No, he's showing like, what is the process to spit in here? And he actually gave a little tour around Fenway park, which I super appreciated and all of the, uh, the changes that they've made, you know, where they have to go and how they have to be super separate in order to make this work. And he's one of those guys, like you talked about before, like Matt Chapman who is dedicated to play and wants to follow the rules and is really working very hard to do so. And his attitude is that this country is going through so much hell right now. People are so stressed out um, that the least he can do is to give people that three hours worth of escape with a baseball game. And on one hand, I super admire his conviction and his dedication and his willingness. I mean, I think what he was really showing is I am willing to go through all of this shit to bring you this game that we love and that we care about. But at the same time, especially after you have just like outlined all of these steps and we've talked about all of these holes and the people who are continuing to test positive, And what is that going to eventually mean? I'm still not convinced that it's worth it. And especially when you're looking at the, well, not just the players that are opting out, but the players that are on the IL. I mean, Aroldis fucking Chapman is somebody who I do not like following at all. And, you know, I definitely, um, uh, hold his domestic violence, Passed over him, but he is the closer of the Yankees. And so him being out of commission affects their team and that's going to keep happening. And people opting out who we're going to talk about are affecting the team. So I keep thinking, you know, it's 60 games anyway, how valid is this as any sort of season? I think it should just be a rec league. I think like the guys who want to play, should play. They should get to decide who they play with. Maybe they should be able to change teams once in a while. I think they should make it like some fun, just sort of like, you know, everybody who's willing to be in there and follow the rules or, you know, risk and deal with this. I don't like that. I don't know. I just, I just feel like whatever's going to happen isn't any semblance of fair, whatever that means.
0: Uh, Yeah. I have less confidence every day that we're going to have much of a season at all. I think we're going to make it through opening day, but I don't know how much farther than that we're going to go. Can I tell you about who's got even more rules? Oh, yes. The Blue Jays, because they are in Canada and Canada is paying attention to the pandemic. Yeah, The Canadian U.S. border is closed for non-essential travel. And if you do cross into Canada, you have to re- You have to quarantine for 14 days. Well, guess what? The Blue Jays want to play in Toronto because that's their home field. How would that work if they're traveling back and forth to play all the other teams, which are in the United States, and then go back to Toronto? So they proposed a plan, and it was approved by the Canadian Public Health Agency to kind of circumvent the rules a little bit. What they have set up is a bubble. At the Rogers Center, which is their home field, there is a Marriott Hotel that's actually connected to it. And it's been described as um, picture the hotel as your house and the ballpark as your backyard, right? So if people who are not ballplayers cross, you come from the United States to Canada or return home to Canada, they're going to quarantine in their house and their own backyard. So they're trying to make make that parallel that this is kind of the Mm -hmm. equivalent of this is where you live and this is where you work or play or both, right? So they have been practicing in their Florida location. They had to wait till this plan was approved in order to go back to Canada and and work out at the Rogers Center. I think they're still waiting for approval to actually play home games there. If that doesn't get approved, they may be playing those home games at their Florida location. Hmm. They have a block of rooms in the Marriott that are separate from the other guests. Food is delivered, no contact things. They're really very careful staff who have to travel by public transportation have been moved into the Marriott. So they don't have to do that to get to the Marriott from however you're traveling from these other games. You take private transportation. You're not getting on a bus or, you know, a taxi or anything. It's like, you know, it's, it's all chartered and careful and all of that. The, the rules that the country has put into place for people who break quarantine, this is not Blue Jay specific. This is for anyone who travels and needs to quarantine for 14 days. Is there's a $750,000 fine if you're caught breaking the quarantine, if you're outside your home or wherever you're supposed to be. In this case, if you're outside the Marriott or the ballpark, there's po- the possibility of jail time if you do this. So it's not wow. specific to the Blue Jays, but it does apply to them. It applies to them like it applies to anybody else who would be Mm -hmm. traveling from another country into Canada. You've got to follow those rules. And those are great rules if they get followed. But then you get players like Travis Shaw who said, hey, I didn't know this was all for all the time. It's not going to happen. And I don't know. It was hard to understand intent like It's impossible to enforce that. It's not going to happen. Or I choose not to follow those rules. I don't know where that goes, but I think a couple of players were surprised that this was what that all meant, even though the team officials said, we explained it to everybody. Well, you may have explained it, but I don't know that they heard it. So again, you have these bubble problems. The idea is a good one. I mean, it, it seems like they've thought of a lot of things, except for they didn't factor in guys just want to take a walk outside. And right. and I
1: think it's a little bit of cross cultural experience too. My guess it's is it's U.S. guys dealing with Canada. I mean, there's a lot similar between Canada and the U.S., but there's a lot culturally different. And I think that that idea of individualism and being able yeah. to do whatever the fuck you want is very United Statesian freedom. Yeah,
0: right. I want to tell you one nice thing about Fran Mil Reyes, who is your uh, Cleveland boyfriend. Yeah. 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 So he's a good kid who made a mistake, but he came around pretty well. I can relate. Yeah. Right. So he's plays with the Cleveland team who doesn't, hasn't changed the name yet, but okay, there it is. Um, he went to a 4th of July party where masks were not being worn. And he posted about it on social media, which is how he got caught. And I'm glad he got caught because um, Terry Francona gave him basically a stern talking to, and he's the one who said, he's a good kid. He screwed up. So what he's got to do, he's not being punished. He just has to sit out until he has a negative test come back, which is the protocol, right? Mm-hmm. And he has shown remorse, and he's been very public about, I screwed up, and I'm not going to do it again, because here's what I'll, Here's his quote. Not just thinking about you, you have a lot of teammates here that are ready to go, ready to give their 100% for the season, and it's really risky when people do the things that I was doing on Saturday. So I really apologize, and I swear it won't happen again. Ah.
1: And that's that's exactly what you want people to say. That's exactly how to how to apologize.
0: It is. And, you know, I I do believe he's going to you'll see the difference. He's not going to do that anymore. Right. So he admitted what was wrong. He admitted it to the people that he may have Mm -hmm. harmed and he's showing how he's going to change. So he um, hit that one out of the park the way Fremio Reyes (laughs) tends to do.
1: And, and that's full baseball boyfriend points. So I haven't done the like two minute baseball boyfriend spiel. But what we do in normal times on this podcast is choose special guys. Each one of us choose one per team because they're cool in some way and they can't be assholes. So we've got like the never boyfriend rules, which a Chapman would be on. But for M.L. Reyes, I cho- chose for Cleveland because of his sort of fun loving nature. And I just Totally admired him for that. And I also chose a friend of his from the Padres, where he came from, Fernando Tatis Jr. last week, who, or last year, Tatis Jr. was my boyfriend from last year. But the cool thing about Tatis Jr. is that he's rocking the mask. Like he is very out there with wearing his mask. It seems like pretty constantly. And I saw a full interview that he did with the mask on the whole time talking through it. I super appreciate that, especially from a young kid, a young, like, you know, fun, happy-go-lucky type of spirit who's out there wearing the mask. He should totally be that kind of mask ambassador. He is a
0: very good role model. Yes, mask Mm -hmm. ambassador. You did it right. You did it beautifully. Yeah, he's a good one. He is a good one. The other guy who's a good one this week is Buster Posey, who's sort of our opt-out of the week. Uh, Former boyfriend of mine, Buster Posey, universally loved – until maybe this week, um, Buster and his wife adopted twin girls and they had identified the birth mother. So this wasn't like, oh, I just decided to adopt this week. They had, you know, they're working with a birth mother who delivered early. So these babies were premature and small, of course, the way premature babies mm-hmm. are. And he said, okay, that's that's it. You know, he'd been thinking about all the ramifications of playing before, but now he absolutely has two very tiny, very high-risk daughters in his house. And he's there's no way he can play and be sure to protect them. They're still in the hospital, they're still in the NICU because they were so small. So they're not even home yet. But he is. A very good role model. He is absolutely do- doing the right thing. He's putting family first. And the Giants are absolutely behind him. All the public statements coming out from the Giants like, we absolutely support this. And I think more of the feedback about this, more of the ac- reaction was good compared to some of the other guys who have opted out. But there's still a lot of jerks out there.
1: Oh, there totally are. There totally are. And I think this is a really good reason for us to not do what we usually do every year, which is have a fantasy team based on our baseball boyfriends. But in this example, you know, if you had had Buster Posey this year, You should not be penalized for him not playing. You should get, like, extra points for him not playing. But I don't think we can put together that kind of a system this fast.
0: Thank you, because as the commissioner, that would kill me dead. That would be (laughs) so super hard. Um, But speaking of boyfriends, my boyfriend this year with the Giants is Joey Bart, who's still in the minors. He's on the taxi squad. So he made this this list of 60. But he's still pretty far down the list as a backup catcher. But I got to believe that Buster Posey left the door cracked open just a little bit more for Joey. So, Uh, time will tell if
1: he gets in. So, you know, thank you, Buster, for doing the right thing for your family and maybe for the kid. That would be a good thing. You know, we've never chosen Mike Trout as a boyfriend because we sort of criticized him a little bit on personality issues, but I actually could see him as your boyfriend in the future. He seems like a very sensitive person, a very intelligent person. He's got that weather thing going for him. That's the thing that was against him for me. It's like, I cannot, I don't want a
0: boyfriend. Oh God, that's so boring.
1: Oh, I thought you'd be into, like, the science-y stuff. Ah, No, I don't want –
0: when I go out to have a beer with somebody, I do not want to talk about the weather, especially to the extent (laughs) that Mike Trout wants to talk about his weather. Remember when before he was married, his fiancée would say – would, like, give him crap about talking about the weather too much. And she loves Uh him. And she ended up marrying him. So, yeah. Oh, no.
1: Nope. He seems pretty sweet. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to put up with the weather or something like that. Because yeah. he's been in the opt out conversation because his wife is due to have a baby in August, and that's a big deal. And you know, I just don't understand the fans with their with their hate comments about guys should be dealing with this. Having a baby is something. I mean, that's the one shot in your life at times, and who knows? And for him. Also, I found out that this baby is especially special because uh, two years ago in August, his wife's brother, who was one of his closest friends, committed suicide. Oh, boy. And so having this baby around the same time as his birthday was is incredibly meaningful for them. And just to have to survive that sort of situation really teaches you what's important in life. And- You know, I think having your baby and being with your baby is going to supersede a 60 fucking game baseball season. And they're doing good things around this. Also, they work they're working with this uh, women owned company called Tiny Turnip that produces baseball gear and they made their own design which is like a, a catcher's mitt and a ball in the form of a semicolon, which is a suicide awareness symbol that, you know, your life continues after. It's not a period. It's a semicolon. Your life should keep going. So it's supposed to be this, this encouragement and taking a stand. So yay, Mike Trout. Plus he wore a mask on a tops card on a baseball card. So I think he's got lots of points. So despite being like, maybe the best baseball player there is out there.
0: Yeah, I am all for other people picking him. I want to be honest that, you know, there are other guys that I'd rather hang out with and have a beer. That's all. That's all. You know who I don't want to ever, ever have a beer with? Who would that be?
1: Cowboy Joe West. He probably drinks like Bud Light or something anyway.
0: Well, so it's bad beer. But, you know, (laughs) there are good people who drink bad beer. We can help them. I don't care about helping Joe West. So the umpires had the same deal as the players. If they are at high risk... They could choose to sit out the season for full pay. Joe West is sixty-seven years old. You've seen him. He's got to have health <laughs> issues, right? MLB mm-hmm. designated him as high risk and said, "Please sit out. We will pay you." And I think there's a lot of people in the world who have said, "I will pay you to sit out, Joe West. Right. Please stop calling games, right?" But Joe West doesn't believe. And I quote, "All these deaths are from the coronavirus." He what the fuck. He says, oh, you know, that's because nobody else can be in the hospital. So if anybody has to call it a coronavirus, people get hit by a car. oh, It's coronavirus. He Are you just, serious? Uh, I, I read it in The Athletic. It must be true, for gosh yep. sakes. So he's kind of nuts. But the real reason that he wants to keep calling games is not for, you know, because he thinks it's invincible. That may be the case. But. He is 65 games short of the record for regular season games called. And he said, I'm going for it. That record's going to be mine. So he is going to, at his high risk self, put himself behind the catchers who clearly are the most, you know, contagious of all ball players based on the Royals alone to call as many games as he can this year. So that next year he can break a record. The play, the union, the, the, the MLB, UA, the umpires union, put out a statement like immediately saying recent public comments do not represent our stance on the pandemic. And we, you know, we believe in the protocols and whatever, and we're going to be careful. So the the umpires union distanced themselves from Cowboy Joe pretty quickly. And I imagine they love having an opportunity to do so on a regular basis.
1: Well, I hope he distances himself from the players because literally besides the catcher, he is the person who is in the most contact with the most people throughout the course of a game. Sure enough.
0: Fuck, that's terrifying. It is. It totally is. But you know, this actually lends a lot of credence to people thinking that he's not all there based on bad calls, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Hey, we've got some fun facts that, um, oh, fun, yeah, that aren't necessarily related to um health protocols, which is a nice change, right? Mm-hmm. We told you last fall about a paramedic who was on duty in the Astros dugout last October during I think the um the LCS and was hit by a foul ball hit by Michael Brantley and injured very badly, lots of facial fractures. It was horrible. And at, like within a week or two, his wife was saying he doesn't blame the Astros. You know, he I should have had my eye on the ball, you know, all of these yeah. things, right? Now, it was announced that he is suing the Astros for a million dollars because, because, he blames his injury on their desire to steal signs.
1: Ooh. Oh, so we're he, back to hating the Astros. That's so here's
0: the thing, right? I believe, I believe he's got a boatload of medical bills. I believe mm-hmm. the Astros should be writing him a big fat check because he was on duty and got hurt, and they love him. They talked to, at the time. We talked about how all the players know him by name, and they hang out. You know, and they so they were friendly, and he was on duty, and it, it probably couldn't have been helped. But I don't think this is the way to do it because his one of his things was there was no netting over the dugout or that part of the dugout. Okay, first, where have you seen dugouts with netting in front of them? Never. Dugouts don't have netting in front of them, mm. right? So that's not a thing. He said, because that would obscure their view of the catcher signs for their sign stealing. number one, their sign stealing was in 2017. No one has accused them of doing it officially in 2019. And they stole signs from a camera in center field, which has nothing to do with it. So I'm worried. Well, I'm not worried. He clearly just, you know, is throwing the case. Why would you bring those things in, which are so easily, you know, discounted? So- I'm watching that because I think that's going to be entertaining. But I feel bad because I think they should be writing him a check. They should be. I'm sure they'll
1: settle out of court. Yeah. 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 That's what he's counting on.
0: So piped in crowd noise. Okay, so players, no no fans in, in ballparks, right? Hopefully at all, but at least in most ballparks most of the time. And, you know, we've talked about having cardboard cutouts and things like that. It turns out, you know, the the silent ballpark is making people nuts. They can hear things. The pitcher can hear things from both dugouts. Like it, it's, there are no secrets, right? The sound carries. Yeah. And it's eerie and weird and disconcerting. So MLB has talked about piping in crowd noise. like all They've had different things. They talked about, like, how that happens in the KBO and how it's not great. Um Anthony Rendon, at one point, my once and forever boyfriend, until he got weird, said this, <laughs> which makes me kind of want him back a little bit. But then I've got a whole okay. political issue with him, so it's not really going to work. But if it was going to work, it would be because he was talking about the piping in of the crowd noise, which they tried. You know, he's an angel now, so they tried it you know, at the Angels ballpark. And he said, I think it was stupid. It's like if you're smelling a pizza, but you're seeing a hamburger.
1: I'm really not sure I follow that, but I, I admire it. It's, you know, you're hearing a crowd noise, but
0: the crowd's not there. Like, your visual doesn't match up with, you know, with the sound. And I think, I, I just think you don't like the hamburger part of it. Yeah, I don't know. maybe
1: that's it. I just can't visualize the hamburger. Why don't they do, though, what KBO and CPBL did do? And they had the cheerleaders out there before the fans. I, they make noise.
0: They make noise, but the, but then they have to bring in cheerleaders and test yeah. them for COVID and, you know, uh, figure out a whole new set of protocols. But okay. like Rendon was saying, can we just have music or nothing? Like like something. Music is good. Some other noise, right? Mm-hmm. My last fun fact to share with you is that – and all of a sudden my household is all for this. My household where my child is named after the ballpark in which the Orioles play. There is a rumor that the Orioles offered a contract to Yasiel Puig. And we want it to happen. And as of recording, nothing has happened yet. But all we didn't know how much we wanted Yasiel Puig to be an Oriole until like now.
1: I could get behind that as well. Did I think on last week, maybe it wasn't on the show I talked about when there was a rumor of him going to the Red Sox. And I thought that would be the best thing ever for Fenway. They could totally use a Yasiel Puig. But I appreciate it with the Orioles. I think that would be a good thing.
0: They have no personalities right now. Yeah. They've got, like, no guy who's, like, the the face. I mean, Chris Davis, but he's not, mm, like, exciting. Not you know, it's like, okay, right. yeah, he's still there. I mean, he's got longevity, but he doesn't have, you know, he's you he need something to just kind of, like, like ratchet things up. And Yasiel Puig is nothing if not a ratcheter of up.
1: Yeah, but there's got to be rules against licking bats this year. I would well, there are, but I think he can do that. I think he can manage. He could figure something else out. There he are can. free agents still out there. I mean, something should be happening with folks like Yassiel Puig and there's actually two of your former baseball boyfriends are on the free agent list, uh, scooter Jeanette and Zach Cozart and his donkey, apparently. Remember, Her.
0: Scooter is now an ex-boyfriend, not a former boyfriend.
1: Oh, right. Not as of
0: last week. Yeah. Okay. So but 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 yeah, but but Zach is a is a is a former.
1: And and a guy that we love, never a boyfriend, but Brian Dozier, who was the the funnest, one of the funnest gnats to watch through the whole thing last year, just got released by the Padres because there just wasn't room for him there. And he's up for grabs. I know the Nat Like a lot of Nats fans are saying, "Hello, can't we get you back here? I come back, come back." Yeah,
0: yeah. I kind of think happening. our roster is sort of full though. So, yeah, yeah. it would be nice though because he he did have a very special place, and it wasn't just the whole shirtless Calma thing. But it, <laughs> it was not hurt.
1: It wasn't. I I, I was good with the shirtless shirtless Calma thing. I wasn't yeah.
0: implying I was bad with it. I'm just saying it wasn't just that. It was so much more.
1: Well, maybe. So overall, my sort of conclusion with this whole thing is I am really not happy about watching MLB at all. I just feel very torn. I am not happy with these guys risking themselves for a game that's going to be weird anyway because of the short season. But on top of that, because who knows who's going to be on your team because of illness, because of opting out. It just doesn't seem fair. But, you know, what is fun to watch is Taiwan baseball, CPBL, breakfast baseball. I'm still loving it. If you're not watching it yet, they're only almost halfway through the season, so there is plenty of time to pick it up. And the cool thing that they do, the two halves of the season, it's sort of like you get a clean slate because there's only four teams, right? So the playoffs, uh, not... (laughs) there's not a lot of room to go with there. So what they do is the winner from the first half of the season plays the winner from the second half of the season. So in a week, everything gets wiped clean and every team, again, has the chance to be number one. And I really meant to look up what happens if the same team wins both halves. Do you remember? I used to know. Aren't they? I don't remember. I think they got a buy, right? They got a buy in the playoffs, maybe? Well, I mean, it's a, so who's the, the other team is the thing. Is it this? I don't know. Well, I've th- got to th- look it up. It's th- a th- the tournament. There was a tournament, so it, it, I think the doesn't the seeding. I th- I, think, I thought it was just the winner of the first half against the winner of the second half for the finals. Hmm. I guess I need to do more research. We sound like experts on baseball right now, right? Right. And I and I'm totally like hanging out with all these folks watching the Taiwanese games in the morning. Sorry, friends. Um. But the the good news for for Patty is well the potential good news the monkeys are still barely in the fight by like one banana so we're in the (laughs) we're in the makeup games right now and actually the game that you saw today the monkeys brothers game where the monkeys like amazingly won to sort of hang on to hopes that was opening day rescheduled so today's game was actually opening day
0: so this was one of those things like happened to juan soto when he debuted was like Yep. You know, there there was, wasn't there like a debut today that then also then counted as having a debut and opening day? I think it's like, oh yeah, I've heard this happening here in Major League Baseball
1: because of timey-wimey, travel stuff. Go figure. Yeah. So game number one happens after all of those other games. And when the monkeys pulled that off, it's amazing because the magic number for the brothers is one. So if the brothers win again, they, and the monkeys lose. Or the monkeys lose. Either or the monkeys ones. lose, right. Yeah. Then they win. So what has to happen this week? There are six games left. And because they're all rainouts, it's kind of screwy. The brothers have two games. One is against the Guardians and one is against the Lions. So the Monkeys are depending on both of the other teams to win the games against the brothers. And at the same time... The monkeys have to win four games against the Guardians. Now, the Guardians are the ones who are in the gutter. The monkeys have been pretty much bashing the Guardians all season so far. I think they could do that, but there's the big question. So can this team that the monkeys beat four times come around and also beat the brothers? And I think actually that has to happen first. So we will see, but it will be exciting. Yeah, so the brothers are sort of like the Yankees of this league. So they're, they have
0: fans everywhere. And they also have a lot of hate thrown at them because, you know, fans everywhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All that stuff. But Taiwan deserves baseball. They have played 111 games. And in that time, they have gone from zero fans to 10,000. And they're still at half capacity. In the stands. In the stands. Fans in the stands. Yeah. Fans in the stands. And that's because Taiwan, as a country, had 451 cases of the virus, period. total with seven deaths and people still wear masks so when you see our friend daniel she who's doing great recaps like if you can't wake up and watch the games check daniel she's recaps on twitter they're super fun and in the one he did today he gives a little bit of an intro and he's wearing a mask so it's that kind of consciousness i love that super good KBO, um, we talked about them bringing in fans because things were getting better, but they are still on hold with that because cases are going back up in South Korea. Uh, they had their first tie game of the season, so they oh. don't go beyond, beyond 12 innings. If you get to 12 innings and the game is tied, you just stop and it's a tie. But that just happened for the first time, which kind of goes to show you a lot of people are saying, what's this You know, guy on second rule for extra innings for the MLB? Why not just make it a 12-inning cap? Because if this is the first time it happened, you know, might as well give it a shot. Another one of our favorite players that we love to not love, uh, Addison fucking Russell, is in Korea now, waiting to play for the heroes. He showed up with a Cubs duffel bag, like his entry picture is with a big old Cubs duffel bag. So I'm wondering how Cubs fans... Feel about that. But he's been totally set up for his quarantining. They put in a batting cage, they put in a pitching machine in his digs. So he is working out for those 14 days while he is waiting out the quarantine. Um, and they have 10 teams. So five go to the playoffs. This is super interesting, though. The number four and five seed go to the wild card, and the number five goes in at a deficit. So it's a three game wild card but the number five team is has one game against them already going in. Huh. I totally don't That's know. That's a lot but, of
0: math. You did it very well.
1: Yeah, it took me a while to sum, to sum it up in so few words. I hope I got it right. Fun fact, South Korea and the United States had their first case of COVID on the same day. And look at where, I mean, South Korea, they started school and they ended school and they started baseball and they don't have fans, but... I think that they are kind of light years ahead of us.
0: Yeah. I have to look this up to be sure, but I have a feeling that the number of positive cases of coronavirus in the small town that Potty Mouth and I live in of 17,000 people may be the same uh, currently as all the cases ever in Taiwan.
1: Wow. Holy cow. Well, you know what? I got you a present. And I'm going to show it to you. It's this little – I got you this little present. I got one for each of us. And it says, Esto, we've got your back, USA – and it's from the U.S. Women's National Team. And I did not know about this until I think Women Belong in Baseball tweeted it. But a woman from the U.S. Women's National Team, Shelby Estocado, who was in the last two Women's World Cup baseball games, had a terrible snowboarding accident this past winter and has suffered a spinal injury oh, and boy. is is paralyzed um, and dealing with medical bills, but has You know, that sports attitude, I think it's something from being on a team and that kind of sports work ethic and is really trying to do the best and the team is behind her. And so they've come up with these bracelets and the proceeds go to helping her medical needs. And so, and they're going to wear it whenever the Women's World Cup actually happens, which is being scheduled. So we're going to be in there with her. And so we're cheering for Shelby and for the U.S. Women's National Team. Yay. Thank you. I'm excited about the present. And I think
0: that's a great, that's a great cause. And um for cross-training, we're in there. We support you. That's awesome. This week I am going to be going down a rabbit hole. I don't know if you saw the um the blackout map of the United States for um where MLB games can be shown. Oh painful. It is fascinating and I can't stop looking at it especially Iowa which is full of stripes because like six teams are blacked out in Iowa where the freaking field of dreams is. Sorry (laughs) you get no baseball here. Is this heaven? No it's blackout heaven was what it is.
1: They don't even have their own team and they're so far blacked out of baseball. I totally miss Iowa.
0: So um, I'm gonna play with that some more because it's fascinating and very colorful and I need a diversion because you know no Baseball. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's not true.
1: What are you doing this week? Yeah, we can watch Bex's Baseball. Well, um, I'm going to be watching this exciting week of CPBL. I'm going to be rereading this fantastic book about Lefty Alvarez because next week we are going to be speaking with Dr. Kat Williams, who recently published a book about a woman, a Cuban woman who played for the All American Professional Girls Baseball League. And it's fabulous. And it's a great way for us to kick off Women in Baseball Week. So we're going to be having Dr. Williams with us next week. So stay tuned for that. That is going to be lots of fun. The other thing is I have some homework for all of you listeners. A few weeks ago, we had Emily Wilson on the show from Unforgettables. And she was the baseball artist. And she is going to uh, raffle off a ball for one of our listeners. So one of you lucky listeners will get your choice from the Unforgettable Unforgettables catalog. How do you enter? Well, what you need to do as soon as possible is send an email to info at unforgettables.com. Unforgettables.com. No, yes. And U-N-F-O-R-G-E-T-T-A-B-A-L-L-S.com. Write no crying in baseball in the subject line. And here's the key. Write, I heard it on the show in the, in the body because because you're reacting to a show as opposed to some of the social media that we're putting out there, you will get two chances. And as soon as Emily has 50 emails, she's going to pick one at random and you get to pick your unforgettable. And they're pretty cool. I ordered three of them. I've got Did to admit. Did you really? Admit. Yeah. And <laughs> I still... I, I've, I should have brought them over for now, although I guess you dear listeners wouldn't be able to see them, but they're pretty amazing. So take advantage of this opportunity to get your free Unforgettables Baseball just by sending an an email to info at Unforgettables.com. It's that easy. Very cool. And as soon as you get that
0: email written and sent, Please do feel free to listen to some back episodes of No Crying in Baseball. Tell your friends about it. If you think they'd like to hear us talk about some baseball, find us on social media.
1: Talk to us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at uh, No Crying in B-Ball, or write us an email at NCIB at gmail.com. If you get a chance to
0: leave us a review or um, a rating we would appreciate that and in the meantime please wear your masks wash your hands fight the man stay inside and until next week say good
1: night potty mouth good night potty mouth